This is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Pool Together is the world's number one no-loss prize savings account. You can visit pooltogether.com to deposit. You're listening to the Pool Together Community Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Hot Mike. Please show some respect. And I'm Katya from My Ether Wallet. Uh, thanks for making time for us. This is fun. I'm excited. Yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's great. So we got the pull together community in the Discord, and if you're listening to us like po- like in the podcast app or something, try to make it to one of these in the Discord. We we talk at Wednesdays at one thirty Eastern time, which is like what six thirty UTC, inter- international global citizen. Okay. Uh, and we got the chat going. So, Katya, thanks thanks for making time for us. I would love to hear your crypto origin story. And the reason I like to hear crypto origin stories is because it helps me with mine, understand mine. And, and we have a lot of people who are listening who are new to crypto. So it helps them in their story. So tell us, how did you get into this wild, crazy place? Uh, so um, I got into crypto like almost five years ago now in early 2018. Which, you know, doesn't seem early to me because by that time so much had happened. But I guess it, it may be early to someone who's just getting in. But um, um, in early 2018, I had just moved to L.A. where my Ether wallet is based. And I was just looking for some freelance writing work online. And I saw something for like crypto publication, online publication, nothing super famous. <laughs> But, you know, just they were putting articles about news and stuff. And I was intrigued. I hadn't looked into crypto at all before then. Um, and I responded to them and I was like, you know, um, I don't know anything about this. And the editor said, well, I like your writing and I like that you're in L.A. You can cover some events in California. Uh, so and you'll figure it out. You'll be fine. Um, and I was like, OK. And he was right. Like um, I started by going to conferences and covering them for the publication, interviewing some people. I tried to see as many talks as I could, um, you know, researched online, obviously. And over a couple of months, like, I was fine. I was doing okay, um, understanding, like, what I was looking at, what I was writing about. And, um, yeah, and then, like, a little bit later, maybe a year into that, I thought that I wanted something more permanent, like work for a project instead of like writing about projects uh, to really get into it. Um, And um, I, you know, I found Mew there. Like I said, they're based in L.A. The office is in downtown L.A. And, um, you know, I went for an interview and it happened and I've been with them ever since for four years now. So that's how it happened. A couple interesting things about your story. Uh, one, like 2018, I said, you're basically Gandalf. Like you were basically like, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I dabbled in 2019 and in 2020, but I didn't get full time until 20 November, 2021. And when I talk to people, some people are just like, wow. All right. You're like established. I'm like, really? It's, it reminds me of like, when are you officially a New Yorker? And like, I've yeah. been in New York for 13 years and I still don't feel like a New Yorker, but I think most people who have been here less than that think. So that's, that's just interesting to me. And then uh, the second thing is that you're you're with the same years in crypto. That yeah. also seems like you can retire now, right? Like you have tenure. <laughs> uh, Pretty well, awesome. You know, yeah. You know, it's funny that uh, you mention um, New York and stuff. Like I, uh, I'm you know in California now, but I grew up in New Jersey, like right across the George Washington Bridge. And it's like you know, like you're in that cohort of people who like. I don't consider myself a New Yorker, but like when you go somewhere, you say, well, I'm from like near New York, from the tri-state area. <laughs> so like I'm a sort of New York. Um, but um, yeah. I love that because there, there's like this social pressure that you're feeling even in a, conf- in a context where there is no social pressure anymore. You can totally say you're a New Yorker, but you're, you're afraid that like some New Yorker is actually listening to you and they'll, they'll wander over and be like, where are you from? Where <laughs> exactly. do you live? For- exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jersey City, that's not New Yorker, you know? <laughs> no, no. You know, bridge and tunnel for you. Yeah. Um, but um, with crypto, it's interesting because um, I think, it's um, great that um, 
everyone is a beginner, you know, like nobody can really say that they've been in crypto for like 20 years, hardcore, like, um, and I think that's kind of what made it easier for me to get into it because um, I didn't feel intimidated. Like I, I went to school, um, I went to Stanford, but I didn't go to Stanford for tech. Like I went for psychology, you know, so I, you know, the programming that I did in my life is, uh, you know, CS 101, which was an HTML site back then. And um, but I wasn't intimidated by the industry, by the fact that I didn't know anything about programming or tech because it was so new and everyone was learning. So, um, yeah, so um, I think just being able to search things online and find your way was was okay. Was wasn't scary. And um, about staying at Mew for four years, yeah. I mean, a lot of people move around a lot, you know, popping from project to project. But the thing about Mew is that they've been around since 2015, like literally since the beginning of Ethereum. It was the first um, client side like in, in interface for Ethereum that was not a command line interface. Ethereum launched in August, I believe, in 2015 or something. And then Mew was started like literally weeks after. So I think maybe just their commitment to certain things in the space and their longevity kind of rubs off on you when you start working with them. And, you know, you you see the continuity, the sustainability of the project and you don't feel the need to hop over anywhere else. So I would love to know just how have things changed at Mew uh, over your four years? Like when you started, what were you doing? What's your role? How did it, how did that more? How did everything how was it built out? You know, how are, how did you get to the place that you're in now? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my work at Mew, I'm the content and community lead. So from the beginning, when I first started, they didn't have anyone else in the department, so to speak. So all of the socials, um, blogging, if any, there was no blog when I started. Um, and then, you know, I founded it. And um, uh, educational materials. Um, so anything like user facing um I would deal with, except for support, of course, we knew always had a dedicated support team. Um, but I did do some support on socials. And when I started, it was mostly the web, um, the web wallet, the web interface. Um, and uh, the mobile app just started uh, in 2018. Um, and it was, you know, completely Ethereum focused. Um, um, and um you know, so it was less products, uh, less chains, um, and, um, you know, um, the space was smaller than it is today. And over these four years, Mew um, launched a full-fledged mobile app, which, you know, does everything, swaps, browser, everything you would expect nowadays on Ethereum. The web interface changed a lot. Um and uh, most recently, we launched Encrypt, our browser, Web3 browser wallet, uh, which is multi-chain now. So it's not just Ethereum, but um, like all EVM chains, Polkadot, in, even Bitcoin. You can hold Bitcoin on it. There's, you know, there's no dApps with Bitcoin to speak of, but you can hold Bitcoin there. And so, yeah, so there's been so much change. The space has expanded. Mu has expanded with it. But at the same time, what I like to see is that some of the legacy things that, you know, people could do with Mew are still there for, 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 you know, old users, hardcore users. Like you can still interact directly with contracts on Mew Web. We still support access with hardware wallets, <clears throat> like five or six hardware wallets more than I think any other interface. So it's kind of we aim to expand with the space to serve users where they need to be served, but also to keep some of the old services that people are used to so they can always return to Mew if they need to do something they used to do, you know, four years ago or five years ago, they can still do it. Question from Talisky, pulled together community member extraordinaire. Expansion and contraction of communities through this year's ups and downs. What are the challenges and solutions for communicating all the Mew changes to your community and others? That was my Talisky impression. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not, since I don't know <laughs> the person, but um, but it sounded like it might be a great one. Um, so, um, I mean, definitely, um, 
communicating with users is so as the wallet, right? We are the entry point for users into the space. So many things that are important when you get into crypto happen right at the wallet stage, right? Like custody, your phases, things like security, you know, which networks are you interacting with? What's the difference between the networks, etc. A lot of this happens right at the wallet stage. And um, it's always, you know, we, we put out so much educational material and we try to put it everywhere we can, right? We are active on Twitter and, and uh, Reddit uh, and we have um, our help center, we have a blog, we have in our um, mobile app, we have an education center right in the app, like the guides directly in there with the screenshots so you can do everything in the app. But um, I also understand that, you know, you can write as much as you want. You have to get people to consume that information, to make it more palatable, more understandable, to deliver it to where they are as opposed to, you know, like making them click a link. So that's always the challenge. Like we can create the information, uh, the content, but how do we get people to want to read it and to receive it where it's most convenient for them? So, yeah, uh, we... We get asked, this is not exactly the question that was asked, but we also get asked, like, how do you deal with, like, the markets, bear market and whatever, you know, the community gets smaller, the community gets bigger. With Mew, we kind of try not to pay attention to that and stick to building and to doing what we're doing um, and not to worry too much about whether people are onboarding or offboarding. And since we are not like a short-term rug project, <laughs> we don't have to worry too much about that. We have like, across our products, we have about 3 million individual users. And we, you know, our community has stuck with us through the years, more or less. We've got a lot of new users recently as well. Um, and, you know, we just try to put information everywhere and hope that at some point the person will, you know, get it and consume it and whether it's through twitter whether it's through reddit we have a channel on telegram whether it's through our help center so uh or you know right in the app uh, by having links right in the app notifications in the app um so we just try to cover a lot of ground and hope that our community will you know and keep them up to date on everything i don't know if that answers it great and talus guy says preach you're getting below the surface of the question love it <laughs> <laughs> nailed that. I just nailed that Tal's guy uh, impression. So, uh, but where are these people coming from? Like, where are your users? Uh, do you have any information on that? I know this is Web3 and I know we like to stay anon, but you know, like you can have anonymous data where, where, you know, where, how are you flying? How do you know who you're talking to? How do you identify like a, your, your key, your target audience, which I would love to know more about them too. So, uh, I mean, there's been, <laughs> this is, now a sensitive subject because there's a lot of conversation online about data, you know, the, if I can say it, MetaMask, the MetaMask <laughs> um, scandal, I guess, lately. Um, but um, what with Mew, all we really have is Cloudflare data. Uh, so we have a general idea where our users are based, but, you know, not individuals. Like, we don't know anything about an individual user, but generally, like, how many um, people are based in different geographic regions. So there's a limited amount. And with if you're, like, truly non-custodial and uh, decentralized and whatever, it's hard to, you know, get data on your users. And we make peace with that, you know. We are unable to, and we don't do like any super targeted marketing because of that, because we don't, you know, collect the information. Um, but um, we also get some information about our users through support, obviously. So um, whenever we get support queries, we can see like what languages are coming in. Uh, if people are asking questions and they say, you know, I'm based here and, you know, this is not working for me or, or, or it is working for me. Um and that's that's kind of how we get the idea, right, about who our users are, or through socials, obviously. And um, uh, I guess it's harder uh, than it is for, like, a regular project, a Web2 project uh, that can target, like, minuscule, you know, pockets of audiences because they, they can get all that data. But I think it's worth it. Um, 
because we're you know kind of trying to do a different thing here we're we're pursuing a different goal i think it's gratifying to see that our products may be useful for people in third world countries that don't necessarily have access to banking the way we do in the u.s um who have issues like um you know runaway inflation and things like that with currencies or you know like wars like in ukraine i'm originally from ukraine a long time ago my family is from ukraine and um you know to see that crypto can work in situations like that maybe better maybe more efficiently than fiat um is gratifying to see so um yeah so we just we try to listen to the people who speak to us through support through socials and we have like i said uh, a general idea of where the users are but we don't mind not not having specific particular data because like i said like we we're you know on a different mission here totally but when you said you're you've got a spike in new users lately i'm like ooh where who you know thinking about pull together of course <laughs> Well, uh, when when we release new products, right, like they may um, have different features and efficiencies that will be useful for a different group of users, right? So when we um, released our Mew Wallet app, a full-fledged app, this has been a couple of years now, but it's it's so targeted towards newbies, like the onboarding, it's it's got like a comic <laughs> about Ethereum. Uh, we've got a mascot, Peggy. Uh, who is named for Margaret Hamilton, who was a NASA engineer. So, like, she's like a space girl. Um, and it's it's very targeted toward newbies. Like, the onboarding is very easy. We try to get, we have integrations with, like, buying ETH from um, providers, you know, so that buying ETH is super simple, like, one click and all that. Obviously, that's a more centralized option, but for now, there's, like, not a really good decentralized onboarding option unless it's like, you know, a white truck and some, but like, we don't do that anymore. We do not recommend <laughs> doing sketchy things. Um, but so, um, and we see when people, uh, you know, from downloads uh, of the app, some of them are probably are old users who had, who used MewWeb and found out about the app and are trying it out. But again, from support and from how people speak to us, we know that a lot of the users who got the app are completely new to the space. And so they're learning about it through us, which is a big responsibility and a big privilege to get people onboarded. Um, and we try to do our best for them. With Encrypt, um, we worked actually on the extension uh, together with uh, the Web3 Foundation and Polkadot. Uh, so Encrypt supports Polkadot and all parachains. Um, and so we extended into the Polkadot space, you know, so they onboarded onto Encrypt for Polkadot and hopefully they're exploring Ethereum as well and all the other chains that, that Encrypt supports, which is like, you know, Optimism and Polygon. And, um, so with new products, we get new users and, um, a lot of them are beginners because of the questions that we get. That's how we know. I like that. I like building for new users, creating products that uh, people are like, ooh, of course, crypto people, they're going to go back for the new stuff. Oh, wait, they got a new thing that does this now. Let me go check it out. So new feature, new users or or returning users. So I love that. And uh, Katya, you said that you're doing content, right? You've been doing content for in, uh, for Mew and Encrypt and well, for Mew for four mm -hmm. years and Encrypt. You're running the blog, right? on the uh, encrypt site. How is that? Listen, content is a black hole. There's yeah. never enough. You can all, you know, you just, you're, you're always going to have a job unless chat GPT <laughs> takes over, but then you just use chat GPT to outdo just a regular chat GPT, right? You know, humans plus AI beat AI every time. Uh, <laughs> so then it's just going to be. I'm not going to lie. That scared me a little. When I first tried it, I was like, Oh no, I'm going to be out of job. Like, you know, in a week. <laughs> it's like you got a new employee. I mean, right? Like, it's just really cool. It's like, oh, hey, you know, and then you just got to tweak it, right? So our podcast, this podcast description will be written by chat GPT or, or assisted by, believe it or not. That's what we do. We, uh, Denicio Del Toro produces our podcast. 
he uh, writes up, he's nervous about his <laughs> podcast description. So he writes it and then he puts it in chat GPT and says, make this more interesting. And then it becomes more interesting. <laughs> and then we use it <laughs> and then we ship it. <laughs> I see. Uh, That's a, I, I like that approach. I'm giving alpha <laughs> here. Yeah. But, but um, back to, back to content and how it's an insatiable black hole that like, no, like it's always going to be there. How do you, how do you create content that's zingy or that like is fresh or that isn't just like checking a box, but like these people are actually like, or, or what content have you done that you've been like, that was actually a really successful piece. This is really good content for crypto for the internet. Well, uh, I take um, a user centric approach unsurprisingly, I guess, because, you know, Mew is a very user-based company, uh, user-focused company. And, you know, my position specifically is user-facing. Um, and I guess um, I'm not trying to break the internet. Um, I'm I'm just trying to create useful stuff for users, right? Something that will actually be useful for them as they make their, this journey. Um, for Encrypt, uh, Encrypt hasn't been around that long. It's been a couple of months since it launched. And so we are, uh, because it supports so many chains, which is the purpose, like we created it for a multi-chain Web3. Um, and um, we are excited about providing this easy like tool that works with the chains just built in for like all these new communities building, right? You know, Polkadot is one and they have all these parachains uh, that are both substrate, um, you know, the Polkadot base and and EBM. And a lot of them have these like great communities, um, small, but very active. And uh, we've been making guides to how to use Encrypt specifically with that chain. It's nothing complicated. You know, you choose the chain like Encrypt makes it easy. But having a dedicated guide um, allows these uh, communities to post it on, the, on their pages, you know, and kind of help new users along. So it's something simple, but it turned out to be popular with these chains um, oh, to have us just make these guides because they, you know, they make use of it. They find it helpful. Some things that I've written recently for users, um, obviously self-custody is a big thing right now because of FTX and all that. And I find it frustrating as a content creator that like with mainstream media coverage, everything is conflated together. So <clears throat> there's very little nuance in terms of like that there are different ways of doing things in crypto. Not everything is a centralized platform. And if you do a decentralized way, non-custodial way can be a different experience. Uh, and you can specifically avoid the kind of problems that are being highlighted now with FTX. So I tried to write about that, you know, um, how to move from an exchange, how to get into self-custody. What are the caveats? What do you have to look out for? Um, another thing that I'm working on currently, a piece of content, is about um, signing, um, you know, when you interact with uh, dApps, have to sign uh, messages and sign contracts. And sometimes you don't really know what you're signing. And a lot of users kind of like are scared about that. So I'm researching, even for myself, because I don't know everything about it. I'm researching about the ways to avoid like getting into a malicious contract and how to revoke um, signatures, etc. You know, things like that. So I look a lot at our support um, stories. I look at what people are asking about on socials, not just us, but, you know, other wallets as well. And I just, I just want to create content that people can find useful, um, even if you know, even if it helps like a hundred people not get scammed. It's, it's that's good content per my judgment. You know, that's how I judge what is good and what isn't. Appreciate you sharing with us your secrets. There's this um, app called jo Fire, <laughs> and it uh, if you mint an NFT, uh, I think you have to mint, like you have to try to mint a fire NFT, but you can get like a wrecked NFT. It's like a kind of a random mint, but if you get the fire one, then you get to use their app. It's kind of a cool dynamic, but the app actually like gives you a summary of what this transaction is trying to have you sign. Um, mm. Not sure if you've heard of it, uh, but I just heard of it and I've been using it. It's really cool. Cause it like, Hey, you're about to transfer this NFT. Do you want to do that? Is that like right. cool? So anyway, that's, that's very fun. 
No, yeah. I mean, I see other people in the space like uh, explorers. You know, um, w- one of the things that Mew is also working on um, is um, an Ethereum explorer, EVM. Um, e- EVM. <laughs> because it sounds like EVM. Um, but, um, and one of the things that we are working on with EVM is trying to make it as clear as possible for you, for user, any kind of user, individual users, corporate users, um, you know, companies that are working in the space, what exactly happened with transactions, like in, in plain human language, like what was signed, what was transferred, where, because sometimes even on Etherscan, which is great, um, it's an amazing company, also one of the, Real, real OGs, right? Um, even sometimes on Etherscan for a regular user, it's hard to tell, like, when you look at the transaction information, like, because when it goes through a contract, it kind of looks like it went to that address instead of the address that you actually sent it to. And then they're like internal transactions. Um, I don't know if they still have them, but they used to. And people would be confused, like, what is this? Is this a separate transaction? And it's actually part of a transaction that's in the other list. So things like that, I think, um, should really, if we're trying to get people to use our products, to use blockchains, not just Ethereum, but other smart chains, and to really engage and not be afraid to engage, I think it's really important to make those things clear, like what is happening in the transaction, what you are allowing and not allowing, and to, uh, for wallets and, you know, to to make it easier for people to kind of um, control um, what is what what the transaction will or will not do with their wallet because that's what it's all about right like more direct control over your financial um, transactions uh, which is you know the point of crypto more or less. <laughs> and I love that creating content for uh, education, but you're also like promoting protocol chains, layers, um, and people love when you promote their stuff, right? So they're going to share your stuff as well. Like when you share their stuff, like if you, if, if Mew wrote a blog post on pull together, we would totally share it because we'd be so excited that, that there's a blog <laughs> post on pull together. Now there's this, uh, our goal, we have this goal at pull together of, um, I have this goal that I made up, um, is that I want every wallet, every EVM wallet, every wallet that that exists to have a pool together deposit just any amount like it and i'm not talking bots right i'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking like people with wallets just mm-hmm. everybody have a little bit in pool together just because to, pool together is a price savings account and uh you could win you can have outsized gains on a ten dollar deposit a one dollar deposit um on avalanche on polygon on optimism on mainnet uh soon to be arbitrum soon to be zk so we're you know wherever we are um, and, and I don't know, is that a weird goal to like want every wallet to have one? It's not TVL, which I feel like is, is what everybody wants. I think that's like the common DeFi goal is to have as much money as possible. And I don't think that's our mm-hmm. goal. I think that's goal is, is to have as many people as possible be part of the pool together family with like a little deposit. Well, um, Cause I do biz dev, I do podcasting. Yeah. What can I do? <laughs> well, so, um, um, to address the first part um, of what you said, um, yeah, I mean, definitely um, l- allowing chains that, you know, have not a lot of usage yet or dApps, you know, to give them a little more exposure is definitely one of the things that, like, I think all companies, Web3, decentralized companies in the space can do for each other. In Encrypt, uh, we have um, in the extension, like when you choose a chain and then there's a tab that, that has like dApps, right? So like featured dApps. So we work with dApps on different uh, chains to kind of feature them. And when a person, you know, clicks on that chain and they maybe don't know what's going on, they at least have a couple of dApps to look at, right? And for something like pull together. Because you guys are in Polygon and we support Polygon, it could be in the Polygon feature dApps and also the Optimism feature dApps because, you know, Encrypt supports Optimism as well and Ethereum. Um, so, and it gives users choice, which is very important because not everybody wants to play with live ammo, extremely live ammo on Ethereum and, uh, you know, pay extremely high fees. Uh, for something like that. And um, so, yeah, that's definitely something that we are happy um, to do for chains and dApps um, in Encrypt. Um, and um, 
you know, to to the other part of your uh, of what you said about like a little deposit for every wallet. Um, I've been thinking about this, and you know, like we we say DeFi, DeFi, and, and DeFi is complicated for a, a newbie user. You know, like when yield farming was a thing, and if you tried to explain it to anyone, like you deposit this for collateral and then you take out this other coin and you deposit it in a different protocol and then you take out this other coin and you deposit it in a third protocol. And meanwhile, you have to watch that you don't get liquidated on the first and second protocol. And, you know, it turns into this like, like that murder board meme, you know, like with lines going everywhere and, and people are intimidated. I know I'm intimidated. Uh, but things that are more simple, like pull together, I think it's great to have these apps that people can like enter into easily, not get over leveraged, not have a risk of being liquidated somehow, but still participate in, in DeFi and in, this, in the ecosystem and kind of watch it work uh, in a simple way, but beneficial way. I think that's really important for like onboarding people. Um, to make it not scary, but you 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 actually see it working for you. You see what it does. Ran my questions in one, where you were able to sort both of them. And uh, but now I want to go back to your first response from my first question, which is uh, pull together against this too. <laughs> is like a, you you want to work with wallets, and um, you know everybody wants to scratch each other's backs. We want to help each other. What's the win win? How can we work together and part together partner together with as many um, wallets as possible, um, but also not, you know, make them all feel valuable because they are valuable. And, and so like one of the common requests is like, Hey, can we get a link? Can we get our wallet on the connect wallet, but on pull together now pull together uses hmm. wag me connector I'm told. And, uh, apparently like your wallets show up if they have the wag me connector, you know what I'm saying? So like, if you have the, br- the, cr- the browser extension installed, those will show up. Only the ones that are installed will show up so that you don't have that clutter. And I'm wondering about for Mm, you mm -hmm. with featuring apps, featuring dApps, there could be clutter. So what's the strategy for how to do that? Because yes, pull together, let's get us on there. But, uh, but also if you put everybody on there, then no one's on there. So, so what, what does that look like? Uh, so, uh, I mean, we, again, this just encrypt has been out for a couple of months, so we are just starting to play with it, but we are looking obviously at rotating. So yeah, you're right. We don't want to have like a hundred in there because then that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but, um, we want to highlight dApps, um, you know, on some kind of cyclical basis. Uh, to be honest, we haven't figured it out yet because, like I said, we just started doing this. And on some of the chains that um, we are we we feature in Encrypt, you know, there's not that much going on. So you know, we ask them like, "What are your stars?" and they give us like two or three DApps that that um, are really doing well in the chain. But for something like Polygon or up, you know, like there's a lot going on. So uh, it's a work in progress uh, and. You know, it's it's a tricky thing because you take kind of responsibility for um, leading the user to the, this DAB and you want to make sure that they're going to be safe and that uh, it's something that can be trusted and not something that you just throw on there because it's an ad, which, you know, it's not uh, at, at this point. We're directly talking to every project that we're featuring on there. We know the team or at least someone from the team. Um and um, yeah, so it's it's a great question. It's something that we're going to have to figure out. And we hope we're going to have cause to figure out because many dApps are going to want to be on there and many people are going to be using Encrypt. And we have a chat comment from NCookie who uh, has is is one of our developer front end, has made really cool tools for pool together, including like a prize calculator where you can just put in the amount that you want to deposit into pool together. And it'll give you your odds of winning, but then you can also like split it up for delegation. So you could deposit $10,000 and give 10 of your friends, because you totally have more than 10 friends. You can give 10 friends $1,000. You can delegate them your prizes and it'll tell you how many, like what the odds are of your friends winning. So it's it's a really cool tool by Cookie. unrelated to what they're saying. But what he's saying is that like 
it'd be really cool to see wallets that have opinionated approaches to DeFi where like you have to click into advanced mode or something to get like the actual yield farming, you know, peer to peer lending or collateralization stuff. But where like initially it's like a savings account and you have investments and you have trades. And um, mm-hmm. specifically with that, um, I've been talking with Juno, Geo Bank, and um, they, they're they really innovative in the space. And uh, with Pool Together, you can actually like access a smart contract and go from USDC to a Pool Together ticket, right? Uh, through the smart contract. So you actually don't need liquidity uh, to do that. And and we're working with them and, mm-hmm. and others about like, what if it, what would it look like if you wanted to hit like save this money? Like, I want to put this money in my savings account. And then like you can pick, like if you wanted to pick which savings account you put it into, whether that's like Ave for, for a certain percentage or, you know, or pull together. Anyway, so we're just thinking about like other ways to think about interacting with dApps rather than, you know, just like, you know, a featured space where you have to then go to their site and their front end. Because eventually pool together doesn't even have to have a front end. Like ideally we're we are the protocol that is being used, like the Lego piece that's being used in wallets and other things. Uh that's we've been abstracted away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's um I just wanted to yeah, if you have any responses. <laughs> um no, I do for sure. Uh so so uh, like there are like you say, um you can you know, for a lot of browser wallets, um, um, it's basically like, here's the tool to connect to dApps and then you're on your own, you know, like do your thing. Um, and um, with, um, f- for now, like our step in, the, in, in this direction that you mentioned is, you know, having these featured dApps. But our approach elsewhere in Mew, generally in Mew, is exactly that, to kind of deliver the experience right into the wallet in a way that the user doesn't have to go searching for something else. So in our Mew Wallet app, which, you know, is an older product, has been around for a few years, we have this tab, uh, you know, there's swaps in there, obviously, but like we have this tab called Earn, and it offers some staking opportunities, right? Which staking, I think, is also a, a good way to kind of introduce someone to DeFi. It's a less complicated um, process, you, and it's kind of easier to explain, like, you're, it's like an investment into the blockchain almost or like, you know, uh, stock from the blockchain. And um, it doesn't take as much. It's, it's, a lot of it is liquid now, right? So we have Lido, obviously, and uh, StakeWise in our um, products. Um, so you don't have to stake the full 32 ETH if it's Ethereum. And, uh, you know, you don't you can get liquid tokens back and it doesn't have to be stuck there. So, and we, the way we do that is an integration, you know, it's a, a, a little app or widget right in the interface that is easy to operate and is worded, you know, a little differently than you would if you just go directly to their app on the web or whatever. So it's simpler, you know, like earn this much over this much time and you have your own little dashboard in the interface, which says, you know, this is what's happening. This is when you stake, this is how much you've earned, you know, et cetera. Um, and um, I agree with you that that's definitely more approachable than just saying, you know, well, here's the wallet that will work with these dApps and go to this dApp and then read up on it, <laughs> you know, figure it out. Um, and uh, uh, definitely like and we've thought about it this way for a while, like in, in Mew Wallet, you can generate like multiple accounts from the same phrase, you know, as many as you want. Um, and when when we have the little like where it says, you know, name your account. And it says like, it offers you like different things, you know, and then savings or like personal savings is one of the examples we give in terms of how people can think of it. So we're already thinking ourselves and trying to guide the user towards thinking like, this can be structure that's similar to the traditional finance that I'm used to but better because I'm controlling my finance. And, you know, this is like I have full control over it and it's transparent. It's not a black box like a bank um, or a centralized exchange or, you know, the the market. So um, I agree with you. I agree that that's probably the direction that w- would make uh, crypto and DeFi much more approachable for users. Another idea that Starbucks is so popular is because of the sugar. 
they put so many pumps of that dang vanilla syrup or caramel or whatever, and you can get as much as you want. You can go crazy. And you can do it in, in, in the app so it's private, right? No one knows. But sugar's addicting. And uh, I'm thinking that where is the, what's the sugar for a wallet, right? Like you want people to use it. And obviously, uh, I, I'm thinking the, there's gamification that can be done. And so uh, an idea that was posed by the Pull Together community, you know, Tamagotchis, those little like keychains, they're like little digital animals. You got to feed them, you know, you got to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm old enough. Yeah, yeah to. I know. I have to ask now because I'm like, I'm 40 and I talk to people and no one's uh, over 30. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm a true boomer. I'm a true yep. boomer. Um, but yeah. but so we are thinking or the community member uh, is thinking uh, midpoint is the name of the community member. What if we had a Puligachi? And so to avoid any sort of lawsuit or something in the, in the naming of the thing. Uh, thinking about a pocket pooly, you know, like a little po- like a little bur- pooly burb in your pocket that you have to feed with your savings. Um, and so thinking about that, like gamification within wallets, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I don't know of it happening, but I'm also, you know, I could be living under the DeFi WASI rock, you know, because I do WASI stuff and I do pool together stuff. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on creating a gamification on wallets similar to sugar in drinks? Uh, well, um, so uh, there are a couple of things. Um, one thing that uh, as a non-custo- non-custodial wallet, right, that and you don't gather any data on users, you have to be very creative uh, with something like that because you are not collecting their emails or phones or, you know, Twitter handles even. Um, so how do you you know reward people for doing things when you don't know who they are and you intend to not know who they are like that's you know that's your mission so um we've seen other projects non custodial projects try to do it but then they like they give you a google form and you have to put in your twitter handle, handle if you want to participate which is like <laughs> like <laughs> now you're gathering you're not gathering data in the wallet or in the like in the platform but you're gathering data you know, outside. So, um, so these are things that you have to consider as an uncustodial wallet. So maybe a better way is to let, you know, other platforms do their gamification. Like if pool together has a pooly, whatever. <laughs> um, and you know, you can use pool together with me wallet. Um, maybe that's something that, um, works better than the wallet itself, uh, doing gamification, right? Cause we still, do see ourselves as a tool that gives users access to things in the best possible way, as opposed to like a gamified product itself. Uh, that being said, um, I mean, um, it's it, like you say, it's the sugar, right? Like whether it's it's good news or bad news for humanity, but it's the sugar that draws <laughs> people in. People want rewards. Um, they're very used to it in uh, Web2 and traditional finance. Um, um, I'm I'm a little bit of an idealist myself, so I, I do sometimes think, well, they, you know, it should be enough that the product is great, that it's not using you, that it's not using your, that it's not selling you, should already be a selling point. Uh, but, um, of course, um it doesn't always work that way. Um, we haven't felt the need to gamify um, to attract users. We we do okay, uh, I think, because it's a reliable and friendly and simple product that does what it should and doesn't collect or sell your information. But uh, we do look note what other people are trying to do. And so far, we haven't seen anything that is convincingly uh, non-custodial that retains the user's privacy and is kind of worth it uh, for the wallet. I don't know if that answers the question. It's really helpful. That's really helpful. Um, I appreciate that. And I really also think that I feel that social media and the attention economy is, you know, destroying our lives and humanity. So I totally agree that like, uh, I, joke about sugar and stuff but i appreciate you you being like hey we don't want to like command <laughs> we don't want to like you people are people they need to live their lives they need to touch grass we don't want them to be on our app all day long so i appreciate that was really good well said 
Um, yeah, don't be evil, right? <laughs> yeah, don't be evil. That's right. Uh, so uh, I think in, in the spirit of not being evil, I think one of the things that can be seen as evil is just how difficult crypto is to interact with it. Signing transactions, there's just it's super highly technical. I still when I try to explain it to my friends, they don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, they they burn out after like 10 minutes. And maybe that's on me for my explanational, uh, my explain my teaching abilities, whatever. But um, I think that for crypto to be successful, we have to abstract away crypto. Right. We have to. We So an example of this is I used a service called Crossmint where uh, I was trying to buy a Solana NFT enough soul and I could pay with credit card or I could connect my Ethereum wallet and I could use ETH to buy like it would do the whole swapping bridging for me. And then I'd be able to buy the thing. And I was just like really impressed. And I didn't care that I was probably getting jacked on um, on the rates. I just was like, this is so convenient. This is a brilliant idea. Uh, but but you could do that all over the place. And I feel like the wallets can do that. Like, I feel like a wallet's job could be to do all the bridging and swapping for you, but also not being evil. <laughs> also not taking a little piece here, a little piece there, a little piece there, give you a horrible exchange rate. Great. You know. So anyway, uh, what? Yeah. Any ideas on how to how to make it abstract away, like how to make it so user friendly that you're not even thinking the chain or you're thinking, you know, bridging that sort of thing any plans for that any thoughts on that so um i mean uh we we definitely at me we see we believe we know <laughs> that uh the future is multi-chain so like only recently people were still st- talking about like which is going to be the chain to kill them all and is it going to be ethereum or is it going to be an ethereum killer etc um i think now everyone is coming to the realization that it will be multi-chain different chains for different purposes and um, um, a logical, you know, kind of continuation from that is that a user shouldn't have to understand um, like the million chains, right? Like then always know which chain they're transacting on at this moment. Um, with Encrypt, with, you know, our Web3 browser wallet, um, we it, it connects to chains automatically. Like if you go to a dApp that is, you know, on Polygon, it will pull up your Polygon address. Um, and all the chains are built in, so you don't have to like install it, you know, to know like its parameters and install it specifically. Um, they are supported there automatically and we're adding them all the time. So we try for that, for like a seamless experience where the user can move between chains, um, and, um, connect automatically to the appropriate chain and not have to kind of think about that cognizantly, you know, like what is it that I'm doing right now? Um, and um, like I said, uh, our user um, user interface team always thinks about like how can we make this more seamless, you know, without having to put the user through like all these hoops that will discourage them very quickly. Um, on the other hand, um, again, as a non-custodial wallet, um, you're always facing this challenge of like you are offering self-custody. That is one of your main value propositions as a non-custodial wallet. That necessitates the user taking responsibility for their phrase and understanding the extent of that responsibility. So you can't really make it like one click because the security rests with the user's understanding of like how it works. Um, and that's always a struggle. Like, how can you make it as simple as possible without uh, compromising the user's understanding of, like, that they are taking self-custody, self-responsibility? Um, right now, a lot of, um, uh, you know, um, there are smart contract wallets, social recovery wallets. A lot of people are working on the solution to that problem, you know, how to make self-custody less scary. Um, and we are, you know, following that conversation very closely um to see what whether there's something that we will want to or able to implement in the future um you, you know things like gnosis and you know like vaults um things that provide recovery without having to like be the only one in charge and um 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, because I think uh, at this point we still can't make it one click and still maintain the integrity. Um, you know, you can make it one click like Amazon or Coinbase. But again, that's not what we are doing in our corner. Right. Like it's it's a different mission. From the chat, can users still access a testnet should they need to or want to? Uh, yeah, we uh, on new web uh, we support testnets uh, on encrypt. We support testnets, um, so um, encrypt will support um, shortly, just imminently, like in a couple of days, uh, is starting to support custom networks. Um, so, yeah, users can still do all that with new web and encrypt. Question: Favorite taco spot in LA. <laughs> I don't have a favorite taco spot because I'm not really a taco eater. I'm not into I'm I don't know if I'm like this is like just ruining my entire interview for everyone that I'm not into Mexican cuisine but <laughs> just just LA people, right? Or yeah. Uh so then what cuisine are you into? Like do you have a a favorite go-to spot in LA? Um not really. Like, I don't, uh, I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm giving away a lot of un- unfortunate information about myself. I don't eat out that much. <laughs> so I don't. It's very financially responsible of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, really you know, I need to working in crypto and thinking about, you know, like uh, the bear market every day kind of like helps you out with that. <laughs> Well, it's it's both, right? So it's like the market's tanking or you found an edge somewhere, right? For investing or for trading or whatever. And you're like, I could spend 10 bucks on that burrito or I could go make, you know, 200x on it or something. <laughs> well, so, you know, I'm yeah. actually, I myself am uh, kind of uh, a conservative and cautious uh, user of uh crypto and i mean i i think it helps to zoom out like it really helps to zoom out and realize that it goes up and down and you know all those things that are so cliche like don't invest more than you're prepared to lose etc like i i'm i'm slipping into my like crypto mom mode um and you know like even though they're cliche and they sound stupid but they're true you know like if you don't want to like end up with a problem you know just you know, do your research and don't jump into things with more money than you can play with, you know, decide how much you can play with and then play with that. Um, and, uh, just, um, and, you know, do self custody, um, and all that. So crypto mom speech over. (laughs) Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on the pull together community podcast. It was so great to talk content and wallets and chains and, uh, security and responsibility. And it was also fun to not talk about taco spots. So thank <laughs> you so much for being here. And I look forward to talking about getting, you know, pulled together on the featured thing. We'll, we'll, do, we'll schmooze. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is fun. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pull Together Community Podcast. You can visit pulltogether.com to deposit. And we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. So visit the Pull Together Discord and let us know.